0: to this episode of the Enlighten Me podcast. I'm your host Mackenzie and I'm super pumped for this conversation. This is officially my second interview with two people at once. And notice I didn't say a couple because they are actually a mother and daughter duo sandy and callie who run no tox life are a mom and daughter team who sell household and skincare products all devoted to low tox living i actually found their products online and wanted to connect with them as soon as i could i really became interested in this topic of non-toxic living after hearing another podcast uh, that was about miscarriage and i thought it was a super interesting conversation and i've been doing a lot of my own research since then And when I found their products, I knew I had to try them. I am a devoted deodorant user of theirs. I swear, I am never switching. It is the best natural deodorant I've ever used, and I really, really think everybody should try it. But we're going to talk about that today. Their business, No Talks Life, actually just celebrated their sixth birthday on Earth Day. They were born on Earth Day in 2014 and have been going strong ever since then. Today we have a great conversation. Uh, We go down a lot of rabbit holes, but you're going to love it. I learned so much from them and I could have talked to them for way longer than an hour and a half but today is just part one of that conversation. So if you've been keeping up, you know that I am officially releasing an episode every week now instead of every month, and the first two weeks of the month are gonna be two-part interviews. If you missed that, make sure you go back and listen to my two-year anniversary episode with my BFF, Amy. We also recorded that on Earth Day, so we did some Earth Day celebrating, and it was just such a fun conversation. I laughed a lot while we were recording. I laughed even harder when I was editing it and listening to it back again. I hope you find us as funny as we clearly think we are, but I think you're really going to enjoy that conversation. So go back and listen if you haven't yet. You're going to hear special announcements like I just alluded to, one of those being the fact that I am now donating money for every review I receive. That's right, I am donating $2 of my very own money to two super awesome organizations for reviews that I receive in this time. Now that's on iTunes, you have to go write a review. And if you don't know how to do that, that is a-okay because I wrote out a step-by-step tutorial that is available on my website. That's heartfelthippie.com. Go there and you will see how to write a podcast review. So make sure you go review, rate, and subscribe to the show so that you can get part two of this interview with Sandy and Callie. In part one, we are talking about what are toxins. So you've probably heard the term before, toxin-free, and that sounds great, but a lot of us don't even know what that technically means. They're taking us back to high school with a little chemistry lesson here, but don't worry, they make it super easy to follow along. You're going to learn a lot. Uh, You're going to learn what toxins are and why they are so problematic. You're also going to hear about what types of products we can find these in, and if you're thinking to yourself this is only for females or for people who use certain cosmetic products, you are wrong, and you will hear why. All right, here is my conversation with the mother and daughter team of all teams, Sandy and Callie. So, Sandy and Callie, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you. Hi,
1: thanks. Yeah,
0: yeah, super excited to chat with you today. Can you just start by introducing yourselves? Okay, who wants to go first? (laughs) I'm Callie, the
1: daughter of the mother-daughter team and the co-founder of No Talks Life.
2: Hi. Hi. Hello. (laughs) I'm Sandy. I'm the mother of the mother-daughter team, (laughs) and I started No Talks Life uh, back on Earth Day in 2014.
0: Awesome. That's so cool. Okay. So now you guys live in California. Is that right?
1: Yes, and we are out here setting up our new manufacturing facility, our additional manufacturing facility in
0: Texas right now. Right. That's so cool. And when when do you expect to head back to California? Well, I'll be back there next week. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hopefully they don't cancel too many within-country flights. That's my hope right now. That's right. But you, call, you never, never know what's going to great deal
2: happen. on a ticket, let me tell you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is the one benefit right now. Cool. Okay. So tell us about the business that you started. How, how long ago did you start it? Where did you get this idea? What made you want to do
2: this? Sure. So we started on earth day in 2014 and the purpose of the business is to give an alternative at that time to give an alternative to the drugstore products people were buying that were maybe not as beneficial for their skin. So I learned how to make soap uh, Mm -hmm. at Callie's Insistence. Yeah,
1: I told her to make soap. It was for Christmas.
2: And I I Uh was reading all
1: these blogs, and I said, you should make soap. And she was like, why?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I did. I learned how to make soap, and I gave them as gifts, and then they were super well received. And Uh that was fine. But a few months later, I was at the grocery store buying shampoo, and because I knew how to make soap, I, I decided, oh, I'll just look at these, you know, natural ingredients that are on the back of this bottle. And so I turned around over the bottle and I started reading the ingredients and I realized most of them weren't natural except for water. Yeah. And yeah. I researched what the ingredients were and I was horrified mm-hmm. that I had been using this product for years and realized it was actually causing a lot of the scalp issues that I was having at the time. And I realized at that point I can make something better than this that's going to be more effective, that's going to be gentler on the skin. And, oh, by the way, I bet you a bunch of other people really want something like that. And the Mm -hmm. whole idea of no Talk's life is born right there. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, so you said 2014 was when you officially launched. Yes. Okay, awesome. So coming up on six years now, is that right? That's right.
2: And this year is going to be what the – 50th anniversary Mm -hmm. of earth day yes oh yeah okay cool that's so awesome
0: so now you've expanded so what tell give us just a brief overview of all the different products that you guys make now
2: oh wow (laughs) Okay, so that's an interesting question because it's gone from the viewpoint of, at one point we had made, what, 250 different kinds of products? Yeah, 250 We started products. off with one thing, which was soap, and then we expanded into deodorant and then lip butter, and we got into things like clay masks and candles yeah. and just all kinds of things. We, and, then, and
1: every single product we would we would like do anywhere from 20 to 50 different scent variations. Yes, it was ridiculous. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. And then we,
2: at one point, a few years back realized it was unsustainable. We couldn't keep all of that stuff in stock. So we started cutting back on the scents, and then we started making sure we were only focusing on keeping our best selling products on our lineup. And what uh-huh. we found was we were able to make more of it at a better cost and then lower the price for our customers. So It was one of those learning curves of, wow, don't go into business and then make 500 different things and expect to keep your prices down.
0: That's true. Yeah. Hey, well, you're kind of learning as you go, but that's how it works. Trial by
2: error. That's right. And
0: how has it been working together as a mother and daughter team? (sighs) It's been pretty good. It's been good. Mostly.
1: (laughs) I mean, we get along day to day. But, you know, there are sometimes some disagreements. Right. Yeah.
0: But your mom's the person that you can be honest with and forgive easily. You know, you kind of have to get over it for the sake of family, right? Sometimes
1: being honest is why the disagreement
0: (laughs)
2: happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's actually great because a lot of times we know exactly what what we're thinking about or we miss each other's sentences. Yeah. And occasionally it's like, Oh, I can't believe she did that! And then you just get over it. You get through it, and you talk about it, which is good. That Mm -hmm. being business partners kind of forces you to work it out, right? More than it, because we see each other all day, yeah. And you do work it out, right? So it's she's like
1: Callie, wash the dishes, and I'm like, (laughs) I'm busy. I'm this. I'm the president of this company.
2: <laughs> and I'm like, you have illusions of grandeur. <laughs> that's so
0: funny. Well, that's really cool that, you know, it's not like you had been necessarily making, you know, your own bath products your whole life. But your daughter just said, you should do this. You'd be good at this. And then it turned into this awesome business. Yes, it's true. That's really cool. Okay, so the name of your company, No Tox Life, kind of communicates, you know, what you're about in a short sentence, but I'm thinking that maybe some people, I feel like a lot of people know, you know, the term toxins, like non-toxic, and that sounds great, but people don't really know what that actually means. So I'm wondering if you can tell us what toxins are, what does non-toxic mean, why are toxins bad? I feel like the term toxins obviously sounds like something that nobody wants but like I said we don't really know what it actually means so can you tell us about about that problem of finding so many toxins in our products
1: yeah so it's toxins is and in regards to products no company is selling you know something that is literally going to burn your face off or anything like that that's not what we're talking about we're talking about Ingredients and products that have small amounts of something that over time, kind of adds to your, I guess you would say, like toxic load, you oh. know, in your environment. So,
2: for example, oh, let me back up real quick. Yeah, sure. So, so your body has a natural filtration system. It uses the liver, the kidneys, the lungs. Uh-huh. They all help filter out particles in the air, or in what you eat, or in the water you drink. Yeah. That are not necessarily beneficial and they're not helping your body grow or be strong or live longer. Uh-huh. So things that are going to help sh- shorten your life or that are going to stunt your growth or that are going to poison your body over time could be called toxins. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what's toxic from one person to the next is different. Like okay. I am, my body is not immune compromised uh-huh. so I can tolerate a lot of crap in my environment. I don't necessarily feel great when I'm sitting in a room full of cigarette smoke, but I can tolerate it. But somebody who's got an immune compromised system would not even be able to walk past the window of that room without having a real reaction. Uh So their toxic load is going to be a much shorter uh, window than mine. But that doesn't mean that i don't have issues like if you i don't do well with a product called sls or sodium lauryl sulfate it makes my skin itchy it creates an eczema like thing reaction on my skin and i get what looks like dandruff in my hair which isn't it's just a reaction to that chemical that chemical's in a ton of hair care ingredients but it's under different names sometimes or whatever. So for me, I wouldn't say that that is a toxic product, but I would say it's a product that's irritating and that I want to avoid. So you can talk about toxins or you can just talk about sensitivities or you can just talk about irritants. Yeah. And I think they're all a bit relative person to person.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like she was saying, the your tolerance and kind of like ability to take on a toxic load, for example – For me, I'm sensitive to car exhaust, which Uh most people are probably not that sensitive to it. But, like, if I smell, like, strong car exhaust, I can start getting a headache, you know? So, but, like, cars are everywhere, you know? (laughs) So, like, it can be different for every person how much your body will tolerate and then start to reject as toxic. So what we're trying to do is avoid... Those ingredients that can, you know, easily cause those toxic loads for people, uh-huh. and stick with the frankly more expensive ingredients that are gentler, they're more natural, and they're gonna not have um, weird um, byproducts in them. For example, like she said, so- sodium laurel sulfate or sodium laureth sulfate. There's a couple different forms of it. That is a really really common cleanser ingredient. It it's in almost every big brand name shampoo that's in a drugstore, Uh it's in a ton of um, cleaning products, it's in a ton of dish soaps, it's very effective at cutting grease and oils, Uh and it makes big bubbles. So that is desirable in many products, and it's very inexpensive. And one of the impurities in the manufacturing of that ingredient is something called 1,4-dioxane, which is identified in California, as a Prop 65 chemical, which means it's been identified to cause cancer. Uh-huh. Um, so you have to have warnings on 1,4-dioxane. Yeah. 1,4-dioxane is not on the ingredient list right. of any product. Right.
2: Nobody's going to put like, that on It's like saying
1: arsenic. List. Like, nobody puts arsenic on an ingredient list. Uh-huh. But you would be horrified to discover that your product that you were using had a teeny tiny percentage of arsenic. So it's the same kind of idea. And so that ingredient, for example, is-
2: 1,4-dioxane?
1: Yeah, 1,4-dioxane is in products that the manufacturing process of the sodium lauryl sulfate or the sodium lauryl sulfate has not filtered that out. It is possible to also take that out, but it, it requires additional steps in the manufacturing of that
2: ingredient.
0: Right, huh, okay.
2: So we would probably recommend that you avoid Products that have sodium lauryl sulfate called yeah. SLS or sodium okay. lauryl sulfate, okay, SLES. Yeah,
1: unless the manufacturer is able to provide something stating that they have fully removed
2: that byproduct. Gotcha, okay. I mean, it's kind of like uh, remember the whole um baby powder, yeah, um, scare. Yeah. so the reason baby powder, there's nothing wrong with talc, but yeah. there is something wrong with. It arsenic with asbestos asbestos, yeah asbestos which it's you'll never see that you'll never see asbestos listed on the ingredients label Uh you'll see talc Uh listed on the ingredients label it just so happens that talc and asbestos are very closely um situated next to each other yeah
1: they're mined from typically from the same mines.
2: right so which is why people try not to use talc anymore yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. I used to use it, um, as dry shampoo. And then I would see those commercials about like, if you have cervical cancer and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. I should probably stop using this. So there's just so many, like, I mean, so many terms. I feel like that it can be really hard to follow if you're not familiar with, you know, your periodic table of elements. (laughs) So, so this is really helpful to know. Um, and I'm guessing that what you just shared is just one example of many. Is, is Am I right? You are absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of
1: like, you know, some if somebody could come out with, I would say, a better resource than, for example, EWG that mm-hmm. really shows the science and doesn't have an unbiased view, I think that would be very helpful for this industry. Yeah. You know, some kind of app or because EWG – uh, I'm sure you're familiar with EWG, the uh-huh. environmental working group. They have a website and an app and think dirty app and they rate products with letters and numbers and whatever.
0: Uh-huh.
1: The problem with that extreme is they're taking information from what's called the material safety data sheet, which is an industrial document that is not meant for consumer use. Uh-huh. That document refers to exposure to that ingredient in large industrial settings, for example, if you have an entire factory making a preservative, then what do you do if the worker gets exposed to, you know, if they stick their hand in the vat or something like that? Uh So those materials safety data sheets are extremely alarming. Uh If you look at the materials safety data sheet for something as simple as sodium chloride, which is salt... Uh It will talk about lung irritation and eye irritation irritation and extreme skin irritation. And and you're like, whoa, super scary. But it's like, oh, it's salt. Yeah. (laughs) So my problem with with the sites like EWG, which people are looking to for information, is they actually are using material safety data sheet information on their product ratings. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're getting a picture that, like, oh, my God, this product causes cancer. Right. But all they're saying is, like, extreme overexposure to that one ingredient, even if it was tea tree oil, can cause huge problems. Right. Like, I don't know if people know this, but overexposure to tea tree oil can cause very big allergic reactions. Right. So, you know, I think it would be great if somebody – Somebody or some group who is not being funded by the cosmetic industry could make something really unbiased that helps give people the real balanced information about each ingredient and do it from the viewpoint of like, we are talking about products where the exposure level is not the same as industrial use, right? EWG is funded by, by cosmetic companies.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So it's kind of like the concept of, you know, they say even like too much of a certain vitamin is not good for you. Like too much of anything might be harmful for you. And I know I use, um, uncle Henry's toothpaste. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but I've seen them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they, and it's, they use bentonite clay in, in the toothpaste, that's like the main ingredient, I think, and mm. I didn't really know much about that. And then it said it has a prop sixty four warning, I think, on the bottom, and I'm like, what does that mean? And it's because bentonite clay has like trace amounts of lead in it, so you could possibly get lead poisoning from it. So it's just like even though bentonite clay is quote unquote natural, like too much of it could hurt you.
1: Yeah, and and if I'm sure if you look at that because I've purchased clay toothpaste before that also had the prop 65 warning mm-hmm. and you're like, "Whoa, that's scary." Yeah. But it's because it clay is like from the soil, it's from dirt mm-hmm. and the ground has metals in it. Right. So, I'm not sure what their purification process is or whatever, but I don't think you're talking about crazy levels of lead. Right. And and I know that even like fruits and vegetables have lead in it so it's kind of like it's important to I think not promote fear yeah and instead promote as much correct
0: scientific information as possible sure
2: yeah that makes sense I was just gonna say and do your own research
0: and make up your own mind right absolutely so okay so you mentioned shampoo as one of the things that you kind of saw like oh wow there's a lot of bad stuff in in here what other products like are we talking all skincare products, all all health products, all household products, where do we find toxins?
1: I think it's really gonna be I mean, different. You can walk outside. <laughs> yeah. You <can> walk walk <laughs> outside and,
2: and breathe the air. Yeah. I mean but I mean toxins, gosh, it's like such a huge it sounds like, you know, you just put a skull and crossbones on everything. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, the body's very resilient. It'll, it'll deal with a lot of stuff. And like I said, the liver and the, heart and the lungs and the kidneys, they'll filter out mm-hmm. most everything. You just want to, you know, eat your green leafy vegetables. and mm-hmm. Really it. that are organic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to buy, grow them yourself if you can I, so yeah. you know they're organic. Yeah, because yeah, that's,
1: that's another thing about even the term organic that most people don't understand is that foods are allowed to be labeled organic, even though, quote, organic pesticides were used to grow them. Yeah. Gotcha. So there there are actually pesticides that are permitted to be used on organic farms.
2: Huh. Okay. So there's an interesting thing about organic. Oh, this is going to be... Oh, um, this is a completely different rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, the organic is a term that is regulated by the U.S. Department of Agriculture for your food. And it makes one, like... N- not even an iota of difference if the word organic is on your skincare products or your home cleaning products it's like who the heck cares because you're not eating it yeah and it is not a regulated term uh-huh. in the skincare industry yeah in the it is body care um, it's basically cleaning, greenwashing yeah. in a lot of ways okay um,
1: yeah because a lot of people are misusing the word organic in regards to body care and cleaning products uh uh-huh. because there is no other organization other than the USDA the US Department of Agriculture that regulates organic so okay
2: and it's only related to food
1: yeah it only relates to things that grow out of the ground or that you consume or in the case of like animals you know mm-hmm. animals so once you alter an ingredient which is almost anything you'll find in a store that's in body care or cleaning products you can't actually call it organic anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Not, for, mm-hmm. not for food purposes. Okay. Again, it's all it's yeah. a food designation. Right. So there yeah.
1: there are a few products like, um, let's say you made like a face oil and it's made out of, you know, pressed, cold pressed, cold pressed olive oil and which is probably too heavy for the face anyway, but, cold, <laughs> you know, jojoba oil and argan oil. And so you blend those together and that's your organic face oil and every uh-huh. single ingredient was certified organic and the facility that you made it in was certified organic and you had an inspector come out and certify your facility. That is like one of the few cases when calling it an organic face oil is actually legal. Right. It's legit. Right. But most products that you're buying are going to be like foamy and bubbly and have all kinds of other good ingredients in there to, you know, make your skin feel soft and stuff like that most of those ingredients you're talking about can't be labeled organic including water you can't label water organic right <laughs> so so something has to be i believe it's like 76% organic in order to even use organic right. on the label anywhere right. and then for the front of the label it has to be over like nine, out of I don't. Know. It has different it's percentages like, of how you're allowed to label. Anyway, it's hmm. there are confusions about the word organic right. and how it's yeah. to be used. And I have seen many brands who will, you know, have giant letters organic. On the front of it, and then you look uh-huh. back and you're like, most of this is not, or cannot even be labeled.
2: Organic right, products. right. They have like less than one percent <laughs> of an organic product in it. It's like,
0: like okay. Wow. Fine.
2: Yeah. So anyway, I feel like I, I've
0: been lied to. <laughs> yeah. so
2: just like so get, get a, you know, if, if people are a little bit more um, enlightened on these kinds of things, then they won't be bamboozled.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the whole point of this podcast. The enlighten me podcast is to, to get enlightened on these things. So, so thank oh you my for God. sharing. You. My word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So I, I wanted to ask that about the, you know, like where are these found? Because I feel like sometimes this can be thought to be like a female thing, if that makes sense. Like, oh, make sure, you know, you're buying non-toxic makeup and non-toxic lotion and that kind of stuff. But it's like, no, this is really for everybody, no matter your gender, no matter what your skincare routine is, you know, no matter what products you're using, you know, even if, even if all you do is brush your teeth up in the morning and at night, you know, if you're cleaning your house, what cleaning products are you using? So, so that's, Mm why I wanted to ask that because I don't want people to be under the misconception you know I did an interview a couple months back about cruelty-free products and it was the mm-hmm. same thing where it's like cruelty-free you know this isn't just for women using makeup this is you know in all kinds of products
2: that's a really, good point really really good point point.
1: one thing that I've always tried to do with our designs like as far as our labels mm-hmm. is I've tried to even though I like stuff that's pretty and flowery. Yeah. I've tried to make our labels of our products like as gender neutral as possible yeah, because yeah. I like that aesthetic, but also people need to kind of in my opinion, they need to get over like, and this is a man's body wash. You yeah. Know, it's like, come on, like right. yeah. it's literally a body wash. Like anyone who wants to you know, go and say like, and this is specially formulated for a man's skin. It's like, give right. me a break, you know? Yeah, what's up? Uh, so right <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, this is a. I've ha- I've even gotten like phone calls before, or people coming into our LA store and asking, you know, well, do you have deodorants for men? And I'm like, um, actually, you can use any of these. Yeah. And, you know, my husband and I share deodorant so he is currently wearing my rose and citrus deodorant (laughs) and nobody is questioning whether he's a man or not right
0: yeah no I think you've done a good job of that I feel like it looks pretty gender neutral when you look at your site and everything okay so like we kind of alluded to there's a lot of toxins out there there's a lot of you know different names for things and It's something that we definitely do have to do our own research on so that we can feel confident when we're looking at labels and ingredients and knowing what we're purchasing. But I was wondering, there are, I feel like, two main things that I see on a lot of labels, and I was just wondering if you could maybe explain those so that people know when they see this. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like I see paraben-free and sulfate-free a lot. And I don't know what that means, but it sounds great, and I'm like, okay, awesome, paraben free. I don't, I don't want those, even though I have no idea what parabens are or what they do and why. Why I want paraben free. So, would you mind maybe explaining those two? Sure. Um, so, parabens are a
1: class of preservatives. What preservatives are is they're ingredients used in products, especially products that contain liquid, to keep- water. Water, yeah, to keep the shelf life. So, okay, when you're talking about and to prevent mold, yeah, yeah. So, okay. part, so if you make a liquid product, like let's say I'm gonna make a shampoo, primarily for a liquid shampoo, I'm gonna be having a pretty good percentage of water, so like sixty or more percent, and then I'll have my conditioning ingredients and my cleansing ingredients and my oils and my proteins and all the essential oils and all the fun stuff. Um, if I make that. And I put it in a bottle and put it out on the counter. It's good for a day, one day uh-huh. at best. If okay. in a really, really hot climate, it could start growing mold, bacteria, and fungus literally immediately. I mean, it it is immediately, but you might even sure. start seeing growth, you know, within a day. So, you know, it's just the same thing as like homemade mayonnaise. You know, uh-huh. you can't just like you can't just like leave that out on the counter, right? So for uh, body and beauty and cleaning products you're talking about a manufacturer making it in a factory somewhere and then that needs to travel to a distributor it's going to be in hot and cold it's going to be in trucks and warehouses then it's going to end up on the grocery store shelves somebody's going to take it home they're going to be using it for a couple of years probably because if you bulk buy you're going to be you know still working through that product could be a year or two later you could have multiple products you use so you switch between them so they last you a really long time. So parabens are these class of preservatives that are very very strong in very small quantities and they're also they also have low eye irritation so they don't like sting when you put it in the eye. Okay. And they're inexpensive. So it's like methylparaben and Uh, polyparaben, propylparaben, and and butylparaben. There's a bunch of different parabens. Uh And in nature, parabens actually do occur in fruits and vegetables like apples and blueberries, I believe, Mm -hmm. have parabens. Pears. Pears. They actually do occur in nature to keep fruit from spoiling. So that's interesting. And the problem with parabens, I believe that the scientific evidence is inconclusive. If you look into the, the study that kind of like created the whole paraben scare, I believe the author went back a couple years later and said that something was incorrect in the study or it was not complete. That being said, they could be a cause of allergies or irritations for people and could be causing hormone disruptions. So I believe out of abundance of caution, it's probably better to just stay away from parabens. Yeah. You know, if if you had a product like a mascara where it's going to be near your eyeballs, it needs to hold up to a lot of different bacteria because you're kind of getting it near your eyes, probably getting some eyeball bacteria on it and then stuffing it back in this tube and then taking it out again and it's you know, not being refrigerated and you're using it for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. In that case, you know, I don't think it's the end of the world if you used a product with a paraben, if you can find one without it. A lot of those eye makeup mascara products have parabens. If you can find one without it, great. Yeah. But the other thing about parabens is because they're so cheap and so effective and you can use such a small amount is they had become extremely widespread, and I think that creates another set of problems when you don't have a diverse set of um, preservatives that you're using. You uh-huh. can get people starting to have sensitivities to that preservative.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: It's the purpose of a preservative is to kill mold, bacteria, and fungus. Uh-huh. So a preservative is not supposed to be like a nice thing. Like it's there to kill things. Right. You know, so it has to be effective. If the preservative is not effective, your product will be dangerous because you're going to be mm-hmm. selling something with mold and bacteria and fungus. So I, I don't think the answer to things like a paraben scare is to tell people preservative-free. Like, everything should not have a preservative because that's not true right. either. Sure. But I think the paraben awareness and scare is letting people letting manufacturers go find alternatives so there's now a variety of different preservatives being used many of Mm -hmm. which would be more gentle and not cause skin issues over time
0: okay I feel Hmm, like I talked a lot did I did I answer no 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 yeah I'm tracking with you that's it's uh, it's it's so hard like there's not like a blanket rule of things you know what I mean like never use this or always avoid that uh, do you feel like it's trustworthy though, when brands when something just says paraben free like can do you feel like you can trust that or is it one of those things where well, there might be like a byproduct of this that actually is a paraben. you know what I mean?
1: No, I don't think it's trustworthy, and the reason why <laughs> is they're taking people's misunderstanding of parabens just like you you're like, well, what's the deal with parabens so yeah, taking that misunderstanding and then saying just doing like a blanket you know like okay it's good because it's paraben free and I personally know and I will not name this company but I personally (laughs) know of one of the ingredient suppliers that I met with they're a very very big company one of their experts basically told me (laughs) which I don't think is ethical at all but they basically (laughs) told me um Well, because people are scared of parabens, I recommend you guys try out this preservative because it's not on the radar of the mommy bloggers. (laughs) Oh, okay, good. So, and that's, yeah. (laughs) So that is the mindset of some of these people. And if they're just throwing out there, it's paraben free, and they're not talking about whatever else they use that's natural and good about it, then eh, I would,
0: Mm -hmm. I would stay away. Or learn more, mm. or be like, okay, you're paraben-free, but. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay. This is really, like, convicting. It's making me think of when I was in high school, all the times, like, in chem or in biology, where I was like, when am I ever going to use this? And <laughs> then I'm like, man, I
2: wish I'd paid attention. <laughs> right. Well, if you had known then what you know now, see. Right. Right.
1: There's a, there's a preservative in the that is restricted in the EU, it's called, um, I can never pronounce this right, so sorry. (laughs) Methylethylxylone,
2: Methyl, I, Let's see,
1: what's it called? Somebody said it to me, anyway. Uh, Methyl (laughs) iso,
2: Methyl (laughs) isothiazolinate, no, Methyl (laughs) isothiazolinone. Yes, okay. Wow, okay. That
1: one is on the same level as parabens as in it's very effective, Very, very small percentage that you have to use gives almost an infinite shelf life. Like we're talking like five to ten years, no problem. Okay. Um, And in wash off products, probably fine. Probably not going to be causing issues with you. But because it was cheap and effective, formulators started using it in way too many products.
2: Oh, and by the way, it's paraben free.
1: Yeah, it's paraben free. (laughs) So they started using it in leave-on products like lotions and creams and stuff like that. Lip Uh products. And so now, because so many people in Europe started having allergic reactions, it is now restricted in Europe. It's banned. It's banned. Mm -hmm. In leave-on products, at least. Okay. That's an example of like, with any preservative, the purpose is to kill bacteria, fungus, and mold. Your body needs bacteria to function and it's part of your immune system to have natural levels of bacteria so we should be careful about overuse of certain preservatives and then what those potential skin side effects can be for using those preservatives that's why i personally am a fan of solid form products because you can use so little preservatives and sometimes no preservatives and Mm -hmm. it's is just kind of gentler on the skin, in my opinion.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then what about sulfates? What are those? So sulfates
1: are cleansers that are, like we were actually mentioning them earlier, sodium laurel sulfate or sodium okay. laureth sulfate. Okay. Um, yeah. That's generally what sulfates refers to. There are also okay. other types of sulfates that are not the same, don't have the same concerns and are not foamy- so, not everything that ends in the word sulfate is a sulfate in that sense. So, sodium lauryl sulfate and sodium laureth sulfate have the issues that I was discussing earlier, which is you have the 1,4-dioxane contamination in the manufacturing process. And so, it can cause skin irritation. You know, if you're breathing it in, which nobody's going to do because it all comes wet, but you could have uh, lung irritation and it can cause mouth irritation. For me, it's in a lot of toothpaste, like the Mm -hmm. big, foamy toothpaste, like Crest and... Colgate? Colgate, yeah. So those big brand toothpaste have it
2: to create bubbles. Does Tom have it? I don't
1: know. Tom's kind of sold out. Oh, yeah, they did. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so it can cause irritation to the membranes. So for people who tend to get mouth ulcers you really want to mm-hmm. avoid sulfates in your toothpaste, in my opinion, because that can irritate the skin inside of your mouth. And at least in my case, it I found out that it was causing mouth ulcers. Mm, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, it is. So in, interesting. She just looked it up. It's in Tom's of Maine
0: as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think just through some of these examples that you're sharing, people are getting the picture of, like, why toxins are harmful. So I guess what I'm wondering, you mentioned the hormone, what did you say? You said how it can alter our hormones, I think is what you said. Um, The parabens
2: can be a hormone disruptor and they can also mimic estrogens in the body.
0: Okay. So that's with parabens. So I guess overall, what would you say is like the problem with toxins? You kind of explained at the beginning how our bodies can't handle, you know, certain amounts of certain toxins and it depends on the person and their own health but is the like is the big issue i guess is it cancer is that like what most people are afraid of with toxins or is it the hormone disruption or what would you say is like the overall like why don't we want these ingredients in our cosmetic products
2: well aren't they kind of related i mean if you've got the um if you've got your hormones disrupted, then you've pre- created more of a breeding ground for cancer to take hold and, uh-huh. and run rampant. Yeah,
1: yeah. O- estrogen is tied closely with cancer. Okay. So abundance of estrogen has—I mean, there's like, oh my gosh, there's so much research on that. Uh, I- I'll have to email you this like rabbit hole of uh, <laughs> of a professor's website that I found about that specific thing. Uh huh. But you know, using products or breathing in products or absorbing products through the skin that are going to be altering your natural processes in a big way, like something that, you know, might be affecting your hormones. That definitely could be related to cancer. Uh As far as the science of it, I can send you what research I've done. I don't want anyone to take that as like, you know, anything that alters hormones causes cancer, which is not what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But I think trying to limit and reduce and keep the level of what you're taking into your body that that is not healthy for your body and is causing strain on the body is what I would consider important. I don't know if that
2: makes yeah. sense. Here, here's an example that just to kind of not make it so esoteric and abstract. So I can bonk my head and, I, you know, I'll be fine. Uh-huh. And the next day I can bonk my head again and I'll be fine. And the next day and the next day. But if I do that enough days in a row, I'm going to get a lump on my head. And it is not going to ever go away because my body will have created enough scar tissue that it will never go away. Yeah. So, yeah, you can... You know, you can take the pill and that messes with your hormones. Uh You can take it once and maybe you're fine. Maybe you're not. But you can take it for five years and maybe you're fine. Maybe you're not. But eventually you do not want to be messing with your hormones. This is the kind of stuff that the liver and the kidneys and the lungs does not filter out. So like how many times do you want to bonk your head? Yeah. That's really the point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can go your whole lifetime and be totally fine despite doing all of that. Um, you know, and, and some people do that and, and, but that doesn't mean that's not evidence that it's safe just Uh because they were fine.
2: Right. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, you can drink and drive and you'll never (laughs) crash. Sure. But the next time maybe you're dead, you know? So it's like, come on, be, be alert. Yeah. And I think, Our
1: our idea is like, let's try and educate people as much as we can and encourage people to do their own research, not buying into the fear mongering, but really understanding what they're using. So they can, if they want to live a long, healthy life with everything that they're using in their life, they have the option to do so. And our products are, our products and other products that are natural and safe are readily available for them.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and I think you brought up a good point too that we hadn't really talked about specifically is that this is even, you know, a conversation to think about with pharmaceuticals and medicine, you know, it's not just beauty products Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. bath products. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's on that too, you know, it's like there's so many natural remedies that are good and going to be effective for a lot of people, you know, Mm -hmm. does that mean that, It's medically responsible to tell someone, you know, just do elderberry and that'll cure coronavirus. No, it's not (laughs) medically responsible to say that. Yeah. But, you know, if you can, if you got sick and you go for the natural remedy first and that Mm -hmm. works for you, I think that's good and that should be encouraged. And the stronger pharmaceuticals should be the last resort, not like, you know, I'm going to take whatever, like heavy NyQuil or whatever the first time you're mm-hmm. sick because that stuff's that stuff's hard on the body right and it has yeah has weird dyes in it and yeah <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> uh, yeah it does well yeah I mean even like they say with a headache like rather than taking Advil the first time you get a headache you should probably like drink some water, that's and take we, it water. Yeah,
1: that's a, i'm a big fan of potassium for headaches i think it works pretty uh, well yeah. okay you good can to eat bananas or drink coconut water those are high mm-hmm. in potassium right. and that mm-hmm. that usually cures my headaches
0: yeah that's good to know yeah <laughs> Was anybody else's mind completely blown, learning that the term organic only applies to food? I feel like I have been lied to by so many companies for so many years. I'm sure you can see now why I only want to buy products from them, and every time I buy something I want to text Callie and say, is this safe, can I buy it? This conversation reminds me a lot of the one I had with Carly and Brendan, if you guys remember them, the sustainable duo. I interviewed them a few episodes back and one of their main points was just about going back to the basics with so many things, whether it's how we eat or the products that we use, and this conversation reminded me a lot of that. They're not doing anything totally out of the ordinary here, they're just making simple products with simple ingredients that are better for us, and like Callie said, non-toxic living isn't always going to replace modern medicine, but whenever we can go back to the basics, it's good to do that. I hope this conversation leaves you feeling empowered and not afraid of what's in products out there, but empowered to know what to look for on your ingredients labels and to do even more of your own research. As you can see, there's a lot of topics to cover with non-toxic living, and Sandy and Callie were able to address some of those for us, but there's more research to be done. And when I say do your research, I really want you to fact check those sources that you're looking into. It's so easy nowadays to just go Google whatever we want and click on the first link that pops up. But do you know how to look for credible sources? Do you know how to look for who wrote this article that you're reading? And are they really a credible source? Do they have a degree or a background in whatever it is that they're talking about? Or who is paying for this research to be done that we're basing all of our knowledge off of? Is it someone with a vested interest, like the cosmetic industry? These are questions we have to ask when we do this research. Or if you're like me, sometimes you feel a little bit lazy with doing the research, so you just find a company that you trust, like No Talks Life, and decide you're just gonna buy all your products from them from now on. I hope you guys really enjoyed part one of this interview, and I think you're gonna like part two even better. We are talking about what does it mean to be non-toxic, so no more the nasties, focusing on the clean ingredients, what can we look for in our products to know that they're safe and trustworthy, and we're talking about some of Sandy and Callie's most popular products and not just the products that they use, but how they make them, how they package them, and what they are doing on their own to save the planet. There are so many things I love about what they're doing, and you're going to hear more of that in part two. So like I said, make sure you're subscribed to this show so that you know when part two is ready and available. That'll be up next week. And while you're over there, of course, don't forget to rate and review me. You're going to help me to help others when you leave a review because I am donating my hard-earned money to two awesome causes, Young Life and Water Mission, whenever I receive a written review on Apple Podcasts. So make sure you go do that while you're subscribing and stay tuned for part two of this conversation to come. You can also connect with me online on Facebook or Instagram in the meantime. My handle is the heartfelt hippie, and I'd love to connect with you over there and talk about what you learned from this show. Until then, keep doing your own research on those products that you're buying, whether it's cosmetic products or household cleaners or items in your medicine cabinet. Do your research, fact check your sources and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out.